gives beginning uh, the second part of the sixth Torah portion, Pashas Masay. He gives a parable of a father and a son who the son was sick and they went to some place to find a cure for the son. And on the way back, the father starts recounting all the places they were at before. And the father says to the son, here is where we slept. Here is where we got cold. Here is where you hurt your head. And so too, God told Moshe Rabbeinu that he should list all the places where the Jewish people angered him. And therefore, the Torah says, these are the journeys of the Jewish people as part of this um, um, listing of all the places that we angered Hashem. That's what uh, Rashi says. The question is like this. Number one, whenever the Torah gives a parable, the parable is meant to be precise. It has to be precise. It's a parable of Torah. So we have to say that not only is the general example about a king who has a son who is sick and he wants to heal his son, not only is that uh, part of the analogy relevant, but we also have to say that the specific events in the, in the analogy, here's where we slept, here's where we got cold, here's where you hurt your head, they also are uh, relevant to the analog. So the question is, what are those three things in the analog? What, where is the part that we slept and we got cold and we hurt our head? What, where is that in the analog? Question number two, the fact that the, Mish, the Medrash only mentions uh, three places, and doesn't even add the vachul, doesn't even add the etc. Uh, after the third analogy, uh, it's a, it's clear that these analogies are not just uh, to describe a a similar amount of places in the analog. Rather, these three examples describe all of the general journeys that we had throughout the desert. In other words, these aren't just three journeys which describe, uh, which, which are parallel to three other journeys. Rather, the Medish says there are three places. Here's where we slept, here's where we got cold, here's where you hurt your head. So the way the Medish says it, it's clear that th- these three um, examples are relevant to the entire journey from Egypt to Israel. It's understood that uh, when it says in the Medrash, here's where you hurt your head, or where it says, here's where you got cold, it's understood how that is relevant to the Medrash's words that Hashem wants us to describe, wants Moshe to recount to us, to list to us, all the places where we angered Hashem. Because those um, examples are connected to pain, connected to illness. Here is where you got, here's where you hurt your head. Here's where you got cold. So it's understood that those those items are parallel to something else in the analog, which has to do with us making mistakes. But the first item that the manager says, here's where we slept, that doesn't seem to be anything negative. Why would that um, irk the ire of the king? Because we slept somewhere. If the purpose is only to recount the places that we've angered Hashem, so the parable doesn't seem to suit the analog. The parable says, here's where we slept. Sleeping is not a bad thing. 
especially according to Dr. Chaim Peretz, who says it's a very good thing, and it's very important every single day. Okay, so question number four, uh, the first two events that are written in the Medrash's parable are, here's where we slept, here's where we got cold. Uh, that means the king is including himself in the description of, of the event. Where we got cold, where we slept. But in the third part of the analogy, here's where you hurt your head, he mentions this in the singular. Only the prince hurt his head and not the king. What does this have to do with the analog? What, what are we talking about? Where is the place that where Hashem, so to speak, and us together slept? What does that mean? Where we, Hashem, and us got cold? And what is the meaning of the change and the shift in the analogy? Here's where you hurt your head. So the reason why the Medrash says these three examples, we slept, we got cold, and you hurt your head, um, the simple is reason is because um, these three examples are connected to the first three journeys that we took when we left Egypt until we got to the Reed Sea. The three journeys are from Ramses to Sukkot, from Sukkot to Esam, and from Esam to Piachiris. Those three journeys correspond on the surface to those three, um, three examples. It says in the Torah that the Jewish people traveled from Sukkot. Rashi says... On the first day after the Jewish people left Egypt, they arrived in Ramses. On the second day, they traveled from Ramses to Sukkot. So it comes out that after the journey from Ramses, the Jews stayed in Ramses overnight, and the second day in Sukkot, they traveled again. Uh, on the second day, they traveled to Sukkot. So it comes out they spent the night in Ramses. Sorry. Uh, um, sorry. On the first day, they tra- came to Sukkot, and then they spent the night in Sukkot, and then they traveled again from Sukkot on day two. So day one, they traveled to Sukkot, from, from Ramses. Now on day two, they traveled from Sukkot to um, Asa. So that's why the Medrash says, here's where we slept. We slept. In uh, in Sukkot, what's unusual um, in the second journey, the journey from Sukkot to Esam, was as according to the simple meaning of the Torah, what's what's the, what happened then that was unusual? That's when God sent us the clouds of glory, as the pasuk continues in Parshas Peshalach, and God leads you by day with a cloud. So there are, the Talmud says that the clouds of glory, in addition to having the role of leading us on the journey in which direction we need to go, besides that, they protected us like a sukkah. They protected us from heat, which um, that role of the clouds of protecting us uh, began when the Jewish people traveled to sukkahs. And that's why the Medrash says, here's where we got cold. That means that the clouds of glory, that's the role of the clouds of glory, not just to guide us on the road, but to protect us from the heat of the sun. So here's where we became cold. Here's where the clouds of glory entered, entered and, and uh, brought us, um, brought us uh, 
protection from the sun. Um, how come we didn't need to have clouds of glory? Yonatan's wondering from Ramses to Sukkot. How come the first journey we didn't need to have those clouds? So if the heat, if it's hot, it's hot. The answer is that um, from um, Ramses to Sukkot, it says in the Torah, God says, "I lifted you with clouds, with the, the wings of an eagle." So since there was such a, uh, a sweetie, a speedy trip to to Sukkot, so there's no need for the clouds of glory. But when they traveled the next trip to uh, Asim from Sukkot, they already needed to have the protection of from the heat, and that's why the Medrash says, "Here's where we became cold. Here's where the shade of the clouds of glory protected you." What happened this, in the third journey by Piachires? So the pasuk says, "The Jewish people told Moshe Rabbeinu." It would have been better to serve Egypt and to be slaves in Egypt than to die in the desert. This was a logical claim that they had against Meshach Rabbeinu, and this is what the Medrash means when it says, "Here is where you hurt your head. Here is where your your head was was getting was playing tricks on you." So this is something that we did then that we complained. So that's the third journey. Chashash uh, Tzareshcha. That you were uh, you 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 were confused. You hurt your head. You 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 messed up. That's parallel to us saying to Meishe Rabbeinu, what are we doing here in the desert when we, we were uh, presented with the impossible scenario of being in front of the Reed Sea and the Egyptians chasing behind us in hot pursuit. So then we said to Meishe, what are we doing here? It would have been better to stay, remain slaves in Egypt than die here in the desert. So that's the, um, that's the third journey. That's what the Medish means when it gives the third example, here's where you hurt your head. Now, the 42 journeys in the desert also hints and allude to the journey of the Jewish people in the desert of nations, meaning the entire exile, which will end when we will arrive at Yerichai. As we learned yesterday, that Yerichai alludes to the light of Mashiach, because it says that Mashiach, and Mashiach is able just to uh, smell what's going on and know who is correct and who isn't correct. Mashiach is Meirch Vedayin. He's able to tell by the fragrance of the people that he is judging what's going on. So Yerichai, which the word Yerichai, the, the root of the word Yerichai is Rech, fragrance, it alludes to revelation of Mashiach. And that's, according to Gemara, one of the ways to test Mashiach. Not the Halacha, the Rambam, but the Gemara says the way to test who Mashiach is is to see, can he figure things out just by the fragrance, just, just, just by the presence of people without going into the logic of the, of the um, case in hand. So at that time, when Mashiach comes, when we get to the Yerichai, so what, happen, what will happen is that all of the evil of the desert of nations will be annihilated, and the spirit of impurity will be removed from the world. As the Torah says, God will swallow up death forever. So all negatives, all the negative in the world will end. And it says in the Pasuk that just like the days that I took you out of Egypt, Hashem says, I will again show you wonders. So Chassidus explains that the parallel of Egypt to the coming of Mashiach is meant to convey to us that the power to bring Mashiach we received when we left Egypt. So it's understood that there was some level of annihilation of evil when we left Egypt as well. And that empowers us to remove evil from the world completely when Mashiach comes. 
we see this idea of the eradication of evil when we arrived at the Reed Sea and we crossed the Reed Sea. The Torah says at that moment, we crossed the Reed Sea, there was some parallel to the coming of Mashiach where evil is gone. What does it say after we crossed the Reed Sea? The Jewish people saw how the Egyptians had died by the riverbank. So the Jewish people could see clearly that all the negativity, all the evil was annihilated and eradicated, was gone. So that is analogous to how things will be when Mashiach comes, that all the evil, not everyone's going to die when Mashiach comes, but all the evil in the world will, will cease. So we could say in general, that this is the reason why the Medrash in the parable uh, alludes to the um, first three journeys specifically till the splitting of the, of the Reed Sea. Why those first three specifically? How come the Medrash doesn't go to the other 39 journeys? Because the journeys till Kriyas Yamsuf, they accomplished something unique. They accomplished the eradication of evil. Uh, and they are therefore similar to all the journeys we need to take in the exile until Mashiach comes when Hashem will remove all of evil from the world. When we'll get to the Jericho. When we'll get to the coming of Mashiach. So, you could also see in the song that we sang to Hashem at the conclusion of Crossing the Red Sea, another allusion to the coming of Mashiach. As we, we said in the song, and we say every day in the song, um, that the fear and dread of the of the nations of the world because of the splitting of the red of the Reed Sea will continue their their fear their fear will continue until your nation will cross the Jordan uh, and and at the beginning of the song we the word the Torah are then Moshe and Jewish people will sing will in the in the future referring to the resurrection of the dead. So we see again an analogy, a, a, a connection between the conclusion of the journey in the desert and the coming of Mashiach and the resurrection of the dead. So there's something about these first three journeys that bring us to the splitting of the Red Sea, which is analogous to our journeys throughout the exile, bring us to the coming of Mashiach. You, you hear? The first three journeys bring us to the splitting of the Red Sea, and that's similar to what all of exile does. It brings us to the coming of Mashiach. So, to explain um, what this means, it says that um, okay, so till now we only explained how this read, the splitting of the Red Sea, how that's analogous to the conclusion of all the journeys. But since the Medish lists three journeys, doesn't only list the splitting of the Reed Sea, we must say that in the journeys themselves, before the splitting of the Reed Sea, there are, ge- there are very generic events that happen, and that's why these three events are, are reckoned here, they're counted here. Here's where we slept, here's where we got cold, here's where you hurt your head. Those three events are analogous to three very um, crucial stages in the exile to arrive at the Reed Sea. So to understand what those three stages are, we have to look a little deeper in this parable. The Medrash bring, brings this parable on the words, these are the journeys of the Jewish people. And the Medrash actually concludes, after it says the parable, that's why the Torah says, 
These are the journeys of the Jewish people. So it's clear that with the parable, the Medish wants to explain why we have to uh, save all these various journeys. It's not understood. Among the 42 stops uh, in the desert, there are many of them which we did not anger Hashem. Uh, the Medish says the whole point of listing the places that we stopped in the desert is so, so that the king could say to his son, here is where you angered me. But there are many places that we went to, believe it or not, we didn't do anything wrong. So the parable doesn't explain why that we list Almond of Asaima and Divin God and all on all those forty two journeys, there's a lot of them which aren't uh, which aren't relevant to um, the, the parable. That's question number one. Question number two uh, the, in the parable, the, the king tells his son, here are the places we went to on the way back. The, the king takes his son to some doctor or some health resort. And the way back, the king says, here's where all these things happen. So it sounds like that um, the king is listing these places um, in on the way back. And... Um, they're going through the very same places that they went to on the way there. So the question is, what does that mean in the analog? We didn't go back. The Jews aren't allowed to go back to Egypt. So uh, they, they went to Israel. So what's the meaning of here's of the king saying the various places on the way back to um, on the way back home from the uh, doctor that the, where, where is the idea of going back from the doctor in the analog? The explanation is like this. The journeys the Jewish people took in the desert of nations begin with the neshama coming down from a height of heights and going down to a place of concealment, a place where God's light is hidden. And even though the purpose of this descent is to reach an ascent, and this ascent can only be achieved through the descent, it's not just to elevate the nations, not just to elevate the desert, but there's also some personal benefit that every soul has as a result of going down to, to the world. But while you're in the journey itself, you feel exile, you feel concealment. Later there's an elevation, but in the moment of, um, of the journey itself, you are in a state of confusion, you're in a state of concealment. So even though the whole purpose of the exile is all for the coming of Mashiach, it's only for the elevation, but still, it's the exile is in a way that uh, the Jewish people are in a state of descent. It's only that a second thing will happen later, and that will happen later. That's something else. So it comes out that during the journeys themselves, we are in a state of desert, in a state of a, a place where a man cannot live, which. Um, the previous year puts it this way. He says that simsum, the concealment of godliness, is the opposite of God's desire. Hashem, Hashem made it, so obviously it's Hashem what Hashem wants, but it's not that Hashem wants it itself. It's just Hashem made something he doesn't want for the sake of a greater good. But that simsum is hepacharatznal, it's the opposite of God's desire. So that's the meaning of, uh, of the, the parable saying we're in places that anger Hashem, not necessarily through the fault of our own, 
we're just in a place which Hashem is not happy with. It, it, yeah, the greater good, but the place itself is not a place that Hashem uh, enjoys. It's a place that there is that there is a a a, a uh, no man can live there. Um, in a place where Chassidus says no man also refers to uh, uh, godliness cannot rest in the desert. Uh, that doesn't mention this in this in this talk. But also, Chassidus says a, place, a desert is a place where man a man cannot live, meaning it's a place where the, the godliness doesn't rest. Godliness can't be revealed. There. It's a place of of where there is the opposite of desire of Hashem is a place of tzimtzum. So when is there this state of of concealment, confusion, when you're still in the middle of the journey. However, once you come to the elevation at the conclusion of the journey, then you could see the whole point of the exile in the first place. And you could see that the exile is nothing other than part of the elevation. In other words, in the moment, hindsight is twenty twenty vision. When you're when you're involved in the journey itself, you don't you don't feel how this is part of the elevation. But looking at it in hindsight, you could see how the journey itself was part of the elevation. And that's the meaning of what the Medrash says in the parable, that on the way back, the king started reckoning, listing all the places they stopped. Uh, after the descent from above to below, um, in each of these 42 journeys, after the descent from from higher to lower, all the way down to the lowest of places, then there is the ascent from below to above. That means that when you are um, After you've concluded the journey, then you could feel how each of these parts of the journey were were actually part and parcel of the elevation. While you're in the middle of the descent, while you're in the middle of the Simpson, while you're in the middle of, of the Gullus, while you're in the middle of all different events of the Gullus, so then you don't feel how this has anything to do with elevation. This has anything, anything to do with the revelation of Hashem. But, but looking at it in hindsight, after the conclusion of the exile, then you could say, oh, this is great. This is how I got up to the higher level. This is how I got to higher step. And that's what the Medish means when it says, the king listed all the places that Hashem said, you've, I, I'm listing all the places where you've angered me. This means, it's similar to what the Torah says about the coming of Mashiach. It says, Mashiach will come, will say, thank you, Hashem, because you were angry at me. We'll thank Hashem because of the anger. Because then we'll see how the anger itself, the wrath of Hashem, which caused all different negative events to happen, all the, all the consequences, actually was part of God's kindness. That's what we'll see after the end of the exile. During the exile itself, it's hard, you, you, you can't see that. It's, it, there's a big challenge. There's, there, there's the, you, you feel that evil is vanquishing good, and evil is stronger than good, and all these terrible things are happening. But after Mashiach comes, then we'll have to look at all the events of the Gulf. So we'll say, thank you, Hashem, for this. Thank you, Hashem, for this. Things which, to our eyes, were, were, were horrible. We'll see how this is also part of Hashem's kindness. How could you say, however, that the journeys, the desert, is part of God's kindness? How could you really say that? 
that just just it seems so incongruous to, to what it, it yes in theory it's it's part of the journey it, it, it this is what it caused later but how can you say this so in order to say to explain this the menish prefaces something in the parable and says the the king's son isn't traveling by himself in these journeys he's going together with the king and not only is going with the king but it says the king is taking him on the journey and not only that, the whole purpose of the journey is to heal the king, heal the son. And since the whole purpose of the journey is to heal the son, it's understood that the descent itself is for is really a idea of kindness. So that's that's why the um, the journeys themselves are considered kindness because think about you know who is taking you on the journey. Sounds very similar to uh, this parable people say about uh, this guy walking on the beach. And he sees, uh, he's walking, and God uh, comes to him, and he says to him, uh, every, every footprint you see in the sand is a year of your life. And he looks at the footprints, and he sees that every year of his life is two sets of footprints. He's walking to that God. And then he looks at the years of his life, which are the hardest, and there's only one set of footprints. He says, you left me here, you left me here. <laughs> so God says, in those years, I carried you. I carried you those years. That's what the Medrash says. That's just a, that's not a Jewish source, that parable. But it's a, probably has a, a, a true point to it. Anyways, that's the Medrash says that, that after we've concluded the exile, we can say to Hashem, thank you for being angry at me, and then we'll realize how all the, the parts of the journey in the first place were for our benefit, like in the, like in the, in the parable, the king is taking his son. He, he is going with him on the journey. He's taking him on the journey in order to heal the son, to help the son. It to be continued. You're going to say that.